It is party time. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. We're in the Mothership Studio 22, the Puppet Master Mark and Super Chris Cruz driving us into the nether regions of all things insanity. What's today? Is it Monday? Yeah. It is Monday. Okay. We're going to go with that. Uh, have fun. It's a brand new week, folks. So wipe that weekend off your face. You probably, if you're like me, you're a little hungover. Uh, anyway, we're not, we're not really here anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, I hope you guys had a good weekend and, uh, got a special guest. Brett Cooper is in the house, in the hot seat. She's got Biscuit over there. Got her all riled up too. Welcome to the show. Hey, happy to be here. How in the, I, by the way, before I say that, before I ask you this, I'm a big fan. I love the content you're putting out. Thank you. I, I came across it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, I like this girl. She's sharp. Mm-hmm. She's smart. Uh, I'm Brett Cooper on Instagram. I am Brett Cooper. Yes, sir. On Instagram. Follow her. Incredible content. She's with The Daily Wire. We'll get into all of that. How in the world did you get to where you're doing this stuff? I mean, you were in Hollywood. Yep. You were doing television. Mm-hmm. You were a child actor. I hate yes, that. Sir. I hate that phrase, I but know. it is what but it's it is. True. It is. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't have to go to rehab or anything <laughs> crazy like that. She may after this freaking show. <laughs> we'll see. I I'm know. not going to make her drink whiskey. She's underage. <laughs> I'm impressed with you, Dad Gummit. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. No, it's been a wild ride. I mean, I, I do joke that I somehow made it out of Hollywood with my head on straight. Yeah. Uh, which is a feat for sure. So thank you to my mother, really, for keeping me my ass whooped and in shape. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. I was a yeah, I was a professional actor for about 12 years. Love everything about the entertainment industry. There's yeah. nothing that I love doing more. And I think storytelling is really, really important. I think we're a narrative-driven society. And so I am happy to be in a position now where I'm able to bring that into the political world yeah. and entertain people with the content that I put out, tell stories, try to change minds using the skills that I learned as an actor. But yeah. it's been a- Daily Wire is a good place to land yep. for that, especially with the direction that they're going right now. Yeah. Um, that Shapiro guy's going to make something of himself. I'm All convinced. Right. He's, a, he's an up and coming. He's, he's really got a future. Yes. Uh, <laughs> How is that going? I mean, how how did you wind up going to Daily Wire and kind of what was that story and so how you wound I up there? I was doing independent content creation. I had a political account. I was making videos. I worked for PragerU for a bit because they're based in Los Angeles. Right. While I was still there, that was kind of my political hub. And then I was working for Young Americans for Liberty as a marketing strategist. They... Daily Wire DM'd me on Instagram. Wow. They slid into the DMs and said, we've been following your content. We have a show idea for you. Would you like to come in and meet with us? It's like a once in a lifetime. Daily Wire never sends me a damn thing. <laughs> Blaze, I, I'm here at the Blaze. They don't even send me a damn thing. I mean, the Blaze never even DMs me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I will say, I was in a meeting for my old job when I got that and I about fell out of my chair. I was like, what in the hell? Like, this is absolutely wild. That's awesome. Freaked out, but realized that this was a once in a lifetime, like that kind of thing does not come back around. That somebody is looking at a girl with 7,000 followers saying, mm. we can give you a show. Yeah. Because uh, we believe that you have something important to say. Yeah. And so I took that, ran with it, met with them in October of this past year, started working with them in December. The comment section launched about a month and a half ago. Mm. It's been a wild success. I mean, it's completely taken me aback, but I'm very grateful. Yeah, that's good. I'm I'm thankful that you're doing what you're doing and getting your voice out there. And again, I always I always say this, and when I have younger guests, (laughs) 
I don't want to sound condescending, but I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of the voice that you're putting out there. Thankful for it. Um, gosh, I mean, one of the big things on my hearts is always the next generation, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what are we leaving behind in terms of a legacy? So you have mm-hmm. a big future. I'm excited Thank about you. that. I appreciate it. We're going to kind of, we've been heavy on this show for the last week because we've been talking about groomers mm-hmm. and, you know, Disney. Nobody wants to talk about Disney anymore. Do we? Mark, Chris, I don't think so. No, f Disney. Subscribe to Daily Wire Kids instead, guys. Yeah, so let's have some fun today. (laughs) So Chris has thrown other. You know, Chris, I I don't know if you guys realize this or not. Let let me clear the air on a couple of things to the audience. First of all, if you go to my Facebook on the Watch Chad Prather page, that's the big one. That's actually owned by the Blaze. So don't get pissed off at me when you read a headline you don't like. That's all Chris. That's all Chris. People come at me and they're like, how dare you? Chris is trying to piss you off. That's the whole point. You know, Glenn Beck, the best advice Glenn Beck ever gave me is like, you got to make them cry. You got to cry with them. You got to get worked up. You got to get fired up. You got to get mad. Tell them the world's ending. And I don't think he was being literal with that. But I took it that way. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's I'm like it works for Glenn. Let's do it. Uh, but it, so Chris likes to give me things that are going to piss me off. Ish. Uh, this is an interesting one though. Woolworths. Do you know what? what do you have you are you familiar with the Woolworths store chain? I don't think so. Exactly. Now. Okay. Like nobody's thought of the Woolworths since 1955. So this is how these brands, it's, a, it's like it was Walmart before there was a Walmart. Okay. okay. So uh, <laughs> these brands that you don't even know exist anymore, they do this woke BS to become relevant. Of course. So here's what they're doing. Uh, they're referring to tampon users. Their supermarket chain, chain is referring to tampon users as people who menstruate. Um. It, so again, we got a war on women. Yeah, first of absolutely. all, you're a woman, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know in this day and age. I don't know how obvious it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, how dare I know, you put that on me? I, I know. Last week, I went to, into the bathroom at a restaurant, and a girl was standing up pissing next to me in the urinal. So um, I figure that one out. Uh huh. Um, but uh, there again, this whole this whole. Uh, cancellation of women that's mm-hmm. going on i believe there's a real war on women yep. right now that's that's all of the stuff whether it's transgenders competing in sports or caitlin jenner becoming woman of the year mm-hmm. right are you seeing this kind of thing that's going on where it's like in, in the age of the quote me too movement mm-hmm. which was all in radical feminine 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 what's the word feminism um which isn't feminine at all mm-hmm do you are you feeling that are you just kind of seeing where they're just coming at women as hard as they can oh it's every day it's every day i mean did you see the ad it was a couple of weeks ago where it was a like period product company or something like that but they said they were calling women bleeders so it's like the people who menstruate but they (laughs) they were saying um we make these products for bleeders of all races and whatever i'm like are you put that out yes proudly Proudly. Just like the, there was another period product ad where it was a bunch of men and non-binary people and they had like period stains. I'm like, it's not that, biologically, that that was last year, biologically impossible. Yeah. And it's just absolutely offensive. And in the same way that it's offensive when people will say, oh, you know, a person with a uterus or whatever. There are so (laughs) many women that have had hysterectomies that have, you know, gone through awful health struggles that maybe do not 
have a uterus do not you know are not able to conceive whatever to completely strip them away from their womanhood i mean it is yeah grossly ridiculous we have a word that yeah. describes yeah. all of this but apparently it's way too complex well for what's people. funny to me is the people who come at me on social media and they're like because i i did a post i did a tweet and then i did a facebook post that went wildly crazy mm-hmm. i one day i said the world needs real men mm-hmm. that was it that yep. was that was the post a couple days later the world needs real women People kept coming at me and they were like, yeah, but can you define a real man? I'm like, they were seriously asking mm-hmm. me this. Can you define a real woman? I, I can, actually. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yep. Um, but to call somebody a bleeder, mm-hmm. it's like a zombie movie, Yeah. right? It, it's like you're categorizing the zombies. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a bleeder. Like, I can, can you imagine? Like, I want to yeah. just start going out in public and, and, you know, meet a girl at a, at a bar or whatever and be like, so are you a bleeder? <laughs> <laughs> is that not how you pick up chicks in the 21st century? There you go. Yeah. That's about it. Slide into those uh, Tinder. Yeah. Start, yeah that'll be your pickup right line. <laughs> I want to go back to the days when they girls were chicks and dames. Hi, doll. <laughs> want to go to the Woolworth and get some uh, people who mint straight napkins? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, you know, I've got a I got a bit that I do in, in, in when I do stand up comedy about it's a response to the Me Too movement that men should start protesting and we should have foreskin rallies, right? We can wear <laughs> turtlenecks and we can just wear them up like this and shave our heads bald and just get out on the street. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks ago, I saw these guys who were wearing jump white jumpsuits. Uh-huh. They were protesting in the street with blood stains in their crotch, yeah. and they were there was a foreskin mm-hmm. um, protest. All inches matter. What? It's what? (laughs) It's true. Anyway, Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Millennials are relying on crypto for their retirements. Uh, Gen Z and millennials are relying on. Do you do crypto stuff? Mm -hmm. No. I I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. I think that there's probably some validity to it. I think it's important. People are obviously very interested in it. Do I have the time to figure it out right now? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm a busy woman. Yeah. I put it in the, you know, my Roth IRA. That's about all that I can do my 401k. I send it directly over. I let my I leave my uh, brothers to do the Bitcoin for right now. Yeah. But I mean, I think it is it is important and I think that it's you know, it's really taking the world by storm and if people want to put all of their savings into that, I mean, more power to you, but We got to more- be like Chris. Chris invests in art. That's what I'm talking about. I'm in a whole new level. I have crypto. I have art. Crystal. Crypto. crypto. Oh, crypto. I have property. I have. That's a big one. Two Picassos. Like, I'm set for the future. I just thought you were like poor little kid off the boat from Puerto Rico. I am. Look at you. I am. Making it big. You're a mogul. Oh, oh, yes. You're you're basically Puffy Combs. But the problem is I can't cash it for the next like 30 years. So (laughs) I'm poor now. But when I'm 60, I'm living the dream. So Gen Z and millennials and Gen X, actually, they're foreseeing that cryptocurrency assets yielding stronger returns in their holdings in stocks, real estate, or mutual funds. I think we're all screwed, actually. Yeah. I, I think no matter what, I think it's all yeah. going to crash. We're dead. It is. We're, we're, we better learn how to farm. Oh, yeah. But then Bill Gates and the Chinese own all the land. Well, that's so. the thing. That's when, Chris, you were saying that, you know, you have property. That's the most important thing right now, yeah. especially land. Yeah. And if you don't, finding ways in your own life, if you, you know, like right now I'm renting a house in Nashville because my move there was so quick. I have about like a half an acre. Yeah, I'm gardening. Yeah, I have, you know, yeah. all of my rations. I've got all my gas cans. 
that kind of thing. Yeah. Just because you never know when shit's going to hit the fan and yeah. we're spiraling down. And if you're not taking accountability for that, if you're not taking responsibility and for your own life and your own safety, it's like the government's not going to come in and protect you. No, they my don't mom's, love you. My mom's homestead is uh, 1,500 miles away from me. Like, I, I am she's start- fine. But yeah. I'm like, I've got to figure out a plan if anything happens. I love the fact, like Morgan Zegers was on the show last week or week before, I don't know. You know, she talks about all these young ladies who are talking about homesteads mm-hmm. and stuff like that. How, like, how is this generation preparing for the world we live in right mm-hmm. now? You know, I mean, I, for me, like, I grew up, I didn't have the internet. I didn't have cell phones. I didn't have any of that stuff. It's it kind of that came along in my adult life. Mm-hmm. You know, first time I got a beeper, my first wife thought I was having an affair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut up, Mark. Don't laugh at that. It was a very it was it was a cathartic moment when I got a beeper. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was like I thought I looked like a doctor walking through Walmart or whatever. Did you? Yeah. Code red. Yeah, exactly. I got to take this. I got to find a payphone. Um, <laughs> how, how is this generation? How, I mean, do you think about these things? Like just the shit going down in the world? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, beyond professionally, I know you have to. Yeah. But, but personally, yeah. yes, absolutely. And I, I was raised like hyper independent, which yeah. is kind of how my family was oriented. I didn't grow up on farms. I grew up on a lot of land. And so I have always been you know, around people who were farming. I worked on, you know, cattle ranches. I've, you know, just always been around. My mother was gardening, that kind of thing. So we were always taught about the importance of you kind of have to save yourself, even down to the fact that, you know, I did like women's self-defense against sexual assault for eight years because Mm. I'm not, and I carry a gun. Like I'm not expecting anybody else to come and save me. So I think that's where I lean into this. Even if I did not think that shit was about to hit the fan because of the things that our government is doing in the World Economic Forum and our economy. I probably would still be taking those measures because I know that, you know, yeah. as a single woman living in a city by myself, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to save myself, basically. But yeah. um, that, that's, you know, my one of my daughters, she had to go to New York City for an audition last week. Mm-hmm. And um, that was her big question. She goes, can I take a taser on the plane? I was like, Delta's a little strict. I said, but try it. I had the cops I, called you know, on. Check um, it. <laughs> Check it, but try it. My mom had the cops called on her for bringing brass knuckles on the plane, and then I had a similar situation. They didn't Your call mom them. had brass knuckles. She did. And That's then legit. I, oh, she's great. And then I went through security with them. I pulled out the waterworks, cried, and they let me through. They didn't call the cops, yeah. but they did take them from me, so it's probably not a good idea. Wow. But no, but I, I do... The homesteading thing, and I think that there is a conversation to be had for the importance of that self-reliance in the homesteading. I struggle with not wanting to make it some like picture-perfect, idyllic, like, I'm just going to go farm into the wilderness and not see anybody ever again. I think that's not terribly attainable, especially for the world that I work in and my interests and my career. But I do know that there are ways to protect yourself, to be prepared in a city, in a situation where maybe you are not able to, you know get out to 58 i love hearing that all right hang on we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back with brett here in a minute uh these politically charged times conservatives need to vote with their dollars minuteman coffee uh they're pretty cool dudes i've actually talked to them a good bit 
They're the Coffee for American Patriots, a constitutionally-based, family-owned company steadfast in their belief that all freedom-loving Americans deserve products from companies that share their beliefs without fear of cancellation or retaliation from the woke mob. Minutemen Coffee believes in your constitutional rights, puts their money where their mouth is, uh, and uh, they'll send you a copy of the Constitution with everything you order. So you can bring this important conversation to the coffee table, give it to your friends, whatever you need to do. Educate the next generation of constitutional patriots. This amazing coffee is small bash, is handcrafted from family farms across the globe, roasted to perfection, and delivered fresh to you. I've had a lot of coffee, but this is good stuff, folks. Minuteman Coffee, uh, in fact, a new box just arrived at my door yesterday. You're going to love it as much as I do. You're going to get a full pound of coffee for less than most companies charge for only 12 ounces. Go to MinutemenCoffee.com. Use code CHAD, I spell it, Chad, at checkout. They'll give you 15% off. You're going to spend your hard-earned money with a patriotic company, folks. We talk about parallel economy. Let's do this thing. Join the coffee revolution. Wake up without going woke. MinutemenCoffee.com. Use code CHAD. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We are sitting down with Brett Cooper from Daily Wire, and you need to be following her on all the socials. Uh, Instagram is a great place to start. I'm Brett Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you're here. The, um, I don't know why you did that Stuber Gear show. Um, Stu does America. Stu, Stu's not good. He's just not. He's not a smart guy. No. He, he doesn't. I mean, he's very toxic. Oh no. He's so masculine. Yeah. That's so out of date these days. So we need more Harry Styles, guys. We That's do. The- <laughs> Men in blouses is Where's what your we blouse? need. Where's your blouse? I need a blouse. Uh, we were talking last week about the new line of men's lingerie. Dujure, as we're calling Dujure. it. Yeah, mangerie. Um, let's, let's get into some toxic stuff. Uh, so, uh, toxic and obsessive. This is a Daily Wire article. Young people bailing on social media. Um, is it, though, is it toxic or are people just weak? Uh, that's, that's honestly a good point. I think it can be toxic, but I hate that word. Yeah. I think that it's just become a, it's just been adopted by the left and everything that was something like a situation that could have been actually truly yeah. toxic and harmful is now, you know, a, a man is toxic. This is toxic. This thing, this situation. Oh my God, I'm depressed. This is toxic. It, words mean nothing anymore, which yeah. is frustrating, especially somebody who was an English major and lives yeah. for language. It's infuriating. I don't necessarily think that everything about it is toxic, but I think that this generation, my generation, uh, how we have responded to it and become obsessed with it and completely self-reliant upon it, not self-reliant, but how we've become reliant on it, that is toxic. My friend uh, Matthew Marsden, uh, who's a Hollywood actor himself, uh, he tweeted the other day, (laughs) he said, I just had to explain to my wife what mansplaining was. (laughs) That's That's the the worst. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. You know, social media, I see its ills and things like that. But mm-hmm. now for me, it's a big sociological experiment that yep. I just like to see how I can trigger people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. People are like you are a master pot stir. Anyway, uh, Bill Maher. I want to play this clip. We have this clip, right? Bill Maher, Pierce Morgan. Uh, talk about pathetic victim culture. They got some choice words for that. Play that clip. Scarlett <laughs> vows that she will never be yeah. hungry again. By the way, that movie, I got to say. Entertaining as f- and uh, f- f- the people who need a disclaimer 
This is the problem. You f***ing babies. It's 1939. Can't you just see by the film stock that things were very different? Humans are like history in general. We evolve. Just celebrate we're not racist also, anymore if you have and to just have a, be a grown-up. You, you have to have a warning. You have to have a warning about just, a comedy film where... Well, it's not a comedy. No, no, I'm not talking about Gone with the Wind. I'm talking about just generally. You know, warnings on comedy films where a joke is said, which is clearly a joke, not intended to be remotely offensive to anybody. Right. And even that now needs a warning at the front in case anybody's offended. What do they think is going to happen when you watch it? What happens to <laughs> oh, people? I mean, the fact we sit that, there shaking. I the mean, the fact that this generation needs a trigger warning oh, at, and a clonopin to pathetic. get through an episode of Phil, Friends. It's pathetic. It's you pathetic. Know, it's, We've become a, a, a world, uh, and I've talked about this a lot, a world where it is now a premium to be a victim. It is celebrated to be weak. <laughs> You see that great <laughs> sporting yeah. athletes are now making more money and becoming more acclaimed if they quit than if they win. Looks like Bill and Ted went to shit in that clip. <laughs> <laughs> it looked horrible, just blazing up. Um, I actually love his new show and that concept. It's so, it's yeah. like him uncensored. It's fantastic. What, what do you think about that? The whole see, my opinion is that when you live in a culture that doesn't really have any oppression or pain, you just start creating it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, it's that, um, it's the cycle where it's like, uh, weak men, you know, yeah, create yeah, yeah. that. Like, then we are in the stage where we have had strong men come and save us, create yeah. a good society. We now have weak men that are creating their own problems. Yeah. Again, but no, it's true. We live in such a developed nation and in a society that is. So inclusive, if we're going to mm. use that buzzword, where literally everybody has equal opportunity. We have the bounties of capitalism, where everyone has the chance to make something of themselves. And people hate that it's so perfect. And so they're willing to create these ridiculous scenarios where they're a victim, where everything offends them, where they have all of these problems and they need somebody to save them. It's narcissistic. It's yeah. just them needing attention. And it's like what they were saying with these you know, comedy films and Gone with the Wind, putting all of these... like trigger warnings, that kind of thing. It is. It's like, grow a pair, watch the film, get yeah. over it. Yeah. It's not personal. The comedy is dead. Well, <laughs> sure. it is. You know, whether it's Gone with the Wind, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yep. Um, the, these, you have to interpret people in light of the times in which they live. Yes. Um, you have to interpret... Which is not that hard. This, right. <laughs> uh, art, literature, you know, history, you, you can't judge... You know, the way people behaved in the 1600s mm -hmm. based on our standards today, yep. right? And people are so triggered by that. And I don't, under, I, you know, again, I go back to the toxicity thing. And I'm with you. I hate that word. Mm -hmm. It's overused. It's it's a just a way to label, put mm -hmm. somebody in the box, put the box on the shelf. I don't have to deal with them mm -hmm. anymore because that's a toxic person. Yep. You know, and toxic masculinity pisses me off because that's an oxymoron. Mm -hmm. You're one or the other. You're not both. Masculinity is mm -hmm. not toxic. Um, it, it's so, but people just want to whine and bitch, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, I put out the tweet or the, whatever the other day. And I just said, the world needs real men. Mm -hmm. It's a simple statement and, and people lost their freaking minds. Yeah, of course. You know, by and large, our audience gets it. They see it, but you know, do you want fake men? Mm -hmm. Apparently they do. No, a lot of them do. You know? 
Yeah. I mean, you've got the feminization of masculinity and you've mm -hmm. got the masculinizing of feminine. Yep. Um, and so it's one big homogenized. No, we're all going to be non-binary aliens. By yeah. The end of this. yeah. Well, we're bleeders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of us. Every one of us. Yeah. No, you made an interesting point about the being able to put yourself into those like historical situations to mm -hmm. understand whether it was a film or a book it reminded me. So I went to UCLA. I was an English major. I think if I am... I, I think I might have been the last class where it was required to do a course in Shakespeare. Really? Because people are so offended by it that slowly yeah. and slowly the English curriculum in UCLA used to have one of the greatest English programs in the country. I still think it's fantastic. I had a great experience there. But they are not requiring students to take those core classes, whether it's Milton, whether it's you know the epic poems, whether it's Shakespeare, because they can be so triggering to these poor victim students who oh yeah. my gosh i cannot believe that this white man shakespeare is talking about a woman this way in the 1600s yeah and it's like you're at one of the best universities in the country and you can't take a step back and say wow this was written in a different time these people yeah. have different opinions this was a different situation no it's way too hard so instead the classes that are required are the intersectionality feminism and race and all these people are victims and we have to save them all and yeah it's it's yeah. this false sense of oppression that is you know and uh, my thing is who's going to save you mm -hmm. from all this oppression that you're feeling yeah. or no you don't want men to swoop in i mean you know we watched the trailer last week to the, the new thor movie obviously he's gay now I, I don't know you know he shares a moment with chris pratt and everybody uh -huh. lost their mind saying oh i hope chris pratt was so uncomfortable in that yeah. it was like yeah i'm sure all the way to the 20 million dollar bank deposit he made yeah um yeah i'm sure he was I, i'll look into thor's i'll look i'll make out with chris hemsworth <laughs> for free right now i'll make out with fat thor i ain't scared <laughs> i'm confident in my masculinity but yeah, yeah. but again who's going to come save you yeah right and it's ironic that they hate men so much they hate these systems of oppression so much and yet they cry and moan all the time about wanting the government to come and save them yeah it's like the government's filled with men the government is a in my mind a system of oppression i think the government oppresses me all the time i was like you're wanting this they scream about inst like institutional racism all of that stuff yeah you want those institutions to come and fix your life for you yeah no, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think it, a lot of it goes back to the parents of my generation and millennials who failed to hold their children accountable or mm. to make them independent, to the give them any kind of responsibility, make them go get a job. Said they were helicopter parents. There's tons of studies about it. I think Jordan Peterson talks yeah. a lot about it. Uh, but it really was a, a failing generational thing, which, which I think got us here. Chris. And that's you. What you just said, people need to rewind and listen to everything you just said for the last <laughs> couple of minutes. That was a lot of good stuff right there. Let's detox from, from her um, woman splaining. Yeah, I'm so and, sorry. Uh, give me real quick because we got to go to a break in a minute. How quickly can you give me a TikTok? Uh, I can give you a TikTok now. Let's do it. I want to see one. Give you can save a life by using one often two-letter word for a person. Misgendering someone can have them go on a spiral where they don't want to live anymore. And now we're not allowed to say gay, even if we are gay, even if we have an openly same-sex relationship, even if we're openly non-binary or trans. As, per, as educators, we cannot talk about who we are. We exist, but we can't just talk. We can't talk about it. And when I brought it up while this was all being discussed, some other teachers in the hallway, because I'm working at an, uh, a middle school right now, 
had the audacity to say, no, but it's just you can't teach about it. It's not that you can't say about it. That's not true. I can lose my job tomorrow as an educator right now just for saying gay. What? If you are if you are so triggered about a two or three letter word that you might go kill you, we have bigger problems. I'd say so. There's a this is a perfect example of what we're talking about. It's manufactured oppression. Yes. Right. And straight up lies that you could get fired for saying the word gay. The other teachers at her school, she should listen to them. They're actually probably have read the bill. I kept saying. I was doing all of these different reactions to people about Don't Gay when this was happening, and my everything I was saying was, will you, will you please just read it? Like, the entire bill is not about gay things. It's about parental rights and education. That little sentence that you are so angry about takes 10 seconds to read. Yeah. 10 seconds to comprehend. It's written in big letters. It's probably the easiest <laughs> law to read ever if you understand the federal government. It's really quite simple. Yeah, it's uh, insanity. Yeah. Uh, which, I, when we come back, I want to talk to you about some more insanity, but... Ah, you got to go to a break. Uh, hey, I'm skeptical by nature. So when I first heard about home title theft, I was like, is this even real? I mean, people ask me all the time, is this a real thing that's happening? Can some cyber criminal really forge my name off the title of my home, take over as a new owner? Yeah, they can. Uh, real estate crimes and losses are rare, right? Wrong. According to the FBI, this crime is growing faster than credit card fraud. And you're not covered by homeowners insurance or common identity theft programs. Home title lock. They're the ones you need to trust. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title the instant they detect anyone tampering with your home's title they mobilize to help shut it down. Here's what I urge you to do. Number one, go to HomeTitleLock.com. Read the testimonials and the F- from FBI agents, government officials, and people that have used it. And number two, register your home's address to see if you've already become a victim and you don't even know it. When you protect your home, tell them Chad sent you. Uh, you'll get a listener discount. HomeTitleLock.com. Go to it. HomeTitleLock.com. Be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It is that time in the show where you just got to get into it, folks. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Let's talk about it. A recent story broke in which a couple of armed robbers, they effed around with the wrong dude and found out what the utility of the Second Amendment really is. This past Sunday, a 25-year-old man who is yet to be named by the media was accosted in his own home by two men who claimed to be cops and were wearing police uniforms. It became immediately and imminently clear to the guy pretty quickly, though, that they were anything but the constabula, constabulary when the, the zip tied his hands and proceeded to rob him. However, our boy here wasn't the type to take this lying down, and these two assholes apparently weren't the type to make sure that the guy they were about to jack wasn't armed because, guess what, dude was into the whole concealed carry lifestyle, and he lit the sons of bitches up like a Christmas tree. He killed one of them, and the other one ran off. Now, justice doesn't seem to appear too often in this old world these days, but it worked out okay for this guy. The police have reported that this was a justifiable homicide. No charges have been filed against him. And that, by the way, is something to keep in mind when you're someone who carries a weapon. You kill someone, you are going to jail. You might and hopefully will get released once it's determined that you're innocent of a crime, but you are going to get arrested at the scene. And my advice is that you go right along with that because that's the law. Anyway, 
this man who was described as a victim, but I'm not going to call him that because he rose above victimhood. This guy has since put out a statement that he believes everyone in the city should be protecting themselves with firearms. And it's made me wonder, could it be that the pervasive anti-gun attitude with which we conservative types have collectively put up with over the years and just kind of thrown out there as, as a big bargaining chip, are they finally beginning to melt away a little bit? Is it possible that the American people are finally beginning to wake up and smell the hot brass? Many of them realizing for the first time in decades that there is a good, solid reason why that amendment is so important. Maybe. I hope so. I don't need to walk you through all the reasons why we need guns in this country. I do a lot of preaching to the choir. I know that. But I trust that you've got this one down, you know, pretty well. Nevertheless, I find myself in an expansive mindset when in reviewing a story in which the bad guys got what was coming to them and the good guy didn't get penalized for it. I have no doubt that gun control advocates who are weeping into their sleeves over this one and already furiously masturbating about it on Twitter, David Hogg style. But me and thee, well, friends, we can just be happy for the right outcome and see it as something that underlines the fact that we need to continue to fight to maintain that freedom. Tyranny dies out facing a pile of spent brass, my friends. You know it. I know it. It ain't about the deer wearing the Kevlar, as Joe Biden wants to tell you. And maybe just as importantly, those who would seek to bring about the tyranny in the first place know it. So take a moment today, smile a little bit about this story. Yeah, the dude got smoked. Hey, maybe get yourself and your family out to the range. Do some target practice. Get iTarget Pro. You know, we love it. Uh, you just never know when a little skill and the willingness to protect yourself might come in handy. We were talking during the break about uh, just living in different areas. You've mm -hmm. bounced around the country. Yeah. Uh, you're in a pretty metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about people who come to this parking lot here mm -hmm. and sometimes they F around. Yep. Um, you stay pretty well armed, I'm assuming. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. good. I have a, my oldest brother is ex-military, which helps. Yeah. Uh, and my mother from a young age made sure all of us were trained with firearms, respected them, understood how to work with them. And... I'm her only daughter, and so she got me into yeah. self-defense classes when I was about 10 years old, started going to the range at that age, started carrying as soon as I could. Um, no, it's empowering. It is. And it's essential for women if you are in a state where you can get your license, if you have you know, constitutional carry, get comfortable with a gun. I have so many yeah. conservative female friends who obviously support the Second Amendment and you know, champion it. This is great, but know nothing about guns, don't want to carry them. Like, I just, I just don't want to touch that. Like, I respect it. This is great, yeah. but I don't want to do it. It's like, no, get yourself to the range. Take a course. Figure it out. Buy a gun, especially right now with, like, everything that they are, all the gun control measures that are coming down, how hard it is to get ammunition. Stock up, get comfortable, yeah. and get strapped. <laughs> Somebody asked me recently, they said, hey, do you need, uh, what, what, what do you need? Talking about ammunition. Yep. They found a deal. I said, I don't need any. Yeah. They're like, we hate you. I was like, yeah, guys, yep. trust me. I, I've been stockpiling for a long time. Yep. Um, yeah, for you bleeders out there, uh, you really should be armed. Uh, it's the great equalizer. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Um, there was a, Thomas Massey gave, gave a great testimony last year talking about the victims of gun control, mm -hmm. which are most often women. Yeah. And it comes down to, I mean, the most logical fact that any person with common sense would understand is that in a gun-free zone, the only person that's going to bring a gun in is somebody who is a criminal and wanting to hurt people. Yeah. Those of us who are going, okay, sure. Not me, because I'm like, I don't give a crap. I'm going to carry my gun in there anyway. Yeah. But people who go, okay, I'll, I'll leave it in the car, whatever. Those are the people that become the victims. Yeah. If you have, you know, 
so what are the um the rules with states where you have to like have your gun like locked away in a specific part of your house right. that kind of thing if somebody comes in your home and you're like putting in your code to get your out of your safe no those 10 seconds matter and they harm yeah if you if you i yeah i have i'm well known for having quite the arsenal um you you come into my house and every every like there's a gun within reach of every place in the mm-hmm. house like the bedside table yeah. has three or four you get along with my brother really well it's a game with all of his friends is whenever i go to his house and all of us are there it's like what drawer are the guns in this time yeah, he moves exactly. around all the time but he, yeah he's strapped it yeah. every every angle I'm like, uh, hey, will you grab that spatula out of that drawer? Uh, move the cig out of the way. Yeah, yeah that's it's fine. that's literally the way it is yeah. at my house. Um, I mean, I went out when when the kids were smaller. I went out. I had like I bought like a half a dozen of the same gun mm-hmm. so that they would be used to that gun, and then we put it in strategic parts of the house. Yeah, it's like Smart. so. If, so if somebody kicks the door in, guess what? You know how to use that gun. Yep. Like that's that's yours. So I believe that the two essential rights in America. And they're under such attack. The two most essential rights is your your freedom to own property, which we don't. Government mm-hmm. owns it all, even because yep. we got to pay taxes on it. Uh, and and to protect yourself, defend yourself yep. with a weapon. I believe that. I agree. Um, and with every new emergency, I mean, we saw this with the Brooklyn shooter last week. Right. We're immediately. I mean, that's out of the news now, of course, obviously. Yeah, right out. Right. In twenty four hours, we're done. But what people aren't seeing is that. Eric Adams then made all of these television appearances saying this is now this means that we need a national new push for gun control. We need to do this. We're going to collect more ghost guns, even though I don't think any of those politicians understand what a ghost gun is. I mean, we saw Biden picking up his Glock. I was like, you idiot. Um, But they are going to use that emergency to push more stringent gun control. And people are already moving on to the next, you know, catastrophe, that kind of thing. I mean, every single time that a shooting happens, they will push the needle more. every time yeah one more segment hang tight be right back brett cooper in the hot seat all right chris <laughs> do what you want to do. Give us a TikTok. Last night, my girlfriend invited oh. me and her other partner over yeah. to celebrate Passover together. And little did I know, the celebration would soon turn into Smashover for the three of us. So anyways, I might be converting to Judaism. What was that? <laughs> what gender is that? That's got to be a dude, right? Yeah. That's a dude. That person looks like a live like action version of like a weird Pixar character. Thank you. The Thank angle you. I was of the trying glasses. to put in my head. I was seeing it, and I couldn't think of what. Like that somebody was. right out of the movie Up. Yes, the camera angle's not doing you any favors, dude. <laughs> if you're dude. gonna be parading around as a girl, at least know how to take some pictures. At least See, know how we, to take a selfie. Yeah. Let me buy. Let me buy you a ring light. Yeah. We want to, I, the older you get, you want to see yourself like Jesus does from above. Okay. So let's angle <laughs> like, like with, like the Lord still remembers me with one chin. That's, that's how I roll, Chris. Um, <sighs> yeah, please shoot me at a, at a, Mark, Mark knows this. Always shoot me coming down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me, give me a better angle. Let's do it. Ass up and be trans. It seems like nobody wants to be trans these days. That's so true. You gotta, you gotta surround yourself with people who are trans. How do you surround yourself? I'm. Are you surrounded by trans people? I'm not. I'm not either. This is a problem. I, do you know what? Do you know what that? What they're referencing the Kim Kardashian video? Mm. 
So they're making fun of Kim Kardashian, who a couple of weeks ago was like, you just need to get your f***ing ass up and work. Nobody wants to work these days. It was actually very based. It was like, hell yeah, you know, power to the people. Um, but so now that's the reference that they're making. But How do you it? surround yourself when that demographic is less than 1% of the population? I mean, it's kind of hard. I don't know. There was a new study that came out that said that 40% of Gen Z is LGBTQ. So I don't know what percentage of that is trans, but it's... I think I'm doing a little better than you are with my, uh, <laughs> I think I've got a better I, shot. You know, we were talking at the break about our buddy Andrew Heaton. He used to say all the time, he's like, you know, I'm not gay, but if I could take a pill and be gay, I probably would do it because then you just wake up every day with your options wide open. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if I want to be bisexual, I can just be bisexual. Yeah, changes yeah. every day. I'm trisexual. Try chickens, try mud, try whatever. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh. Here we go. I'm in the women's restroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's reasonably wicked. Yeah, that's like Pennywise the Clown vibes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, like, he was pretty proud of himself. See, that's can why you, you got to unmask, folks. Can you imagine being a woman in the restroom? Like, if I was sitting there and hearing that, it was like my <laughs> sitting feet there. would, like, drag <laughs> up so slowly. Like, oh, I'm not here. <laughs> Like, like Sarah Connor hiding from the Terminator. Catch me like this, y'all. <laughs> oh, God. Play another one. What do you got? Baby is gay. Gay, I, gay, gay. Yeah, this is him. He's gay. I called up my dad and I said, hey, guess what? Your grandson? Gay. Gay, gay, gay. My dad mm -hmm. says, you can't just say that your baby is gay before he gets a chance to tell us he's gay. And I go, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Straight people do it all the time. Little baby boy is born. Oh, he's gonna be a heartbreaker. <laughs> Little baby girl is born. Oh, you better lock her up when she turns 16. Clearly, people want their children to be straight. Well, my son is gay. Gay, very gay. This woman is on drugs. She's getting drunk. I mean, I've seen that clip several times and she sounds high. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. My problem with this is that I also have an issue with parents that say, you know, those straight things about... Yeah. I should probably say that again. But... <laughs> <laughs> not saying that. But who take toddlers and sexualize them regardless of whether it's gay or not. Agreed. It's creepy. Agreed. Don't put your, like small daughter in a shirt that's like watch out boys she is two years old right let her roll around play with dolls i don't care it's just the whole thing we have this culture where we are sexualizing all children regardless of sexual identity yeah that's why like that parental rights education bill the don't say gay bill it's like hell yeah it works for straight parents too i like, said it last week on the show i was like even parents you gotta you gotta chill with this stuff because yeah. we've created a hypersexualized culture and even parents are guilty of doing this thing um, it's gross. But that kid, that baby is totally gay. 100%. I, I can feel it. Completely I can feel it. Did you, yeah. see, did you see the hand yeah, movement? It's totally oh, yeah. limp-wristed. Oh, oh, yeah. Completely limp-wristed. Mm -hmm. Got time for one more? Let her rip. You want to know why, personally, oh, I don't God. like this? Because when it's the parents' problem, that's how you get homophobic kids. That's how you get kids like me with internalized homophobia until they're like 18 or 19 because they finally yeah. started going to f therapy. If my parents had their way... I wouldn't know about the gay community. So when you say it's the parents' problem, understand that the parents are not gonna make the best decision. They're not gonna educate their kids. If it weren't for public school, I wouldn't know about the gay community. Unless it's a private school, parents need to stay the out of classroom. 
There you go. Eight seconds. What do you think? My favorite part of that is that she acknowledges the public schools are basically indoctrination camps. 100%. There you go. You caught it. There you go. Egg tight. We'll be right back. I'm Brett Cooper on Instagram. Go follow her. Where else can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. I'm Brett Cooper. You can follow my, you're subscribed to my YouTube channel, Comment Section with Brett Cooper. Love it. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Check her out. Daily Wire, you have a bright future. Thank and the future you. is bright because you are in it. So thanks Appreciate for taking it. time to come on. Uh, check out everything she does. You're going to love the content. Sharp, sharp, sharp stuff. Um, I'm going to be in the Woodlands. Our show at Dosey Doe Friday night. Do not miss it. Still some tickets available. Go to watchchad.com. That's where all the fun stuff is. Don't forget, sign up for Blaze. BlazeTV.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. $10 off an annual subscription. Come on, people. Well on our way to 100,000 subscribers. Get your ass in gear. Let's do this thing. We'll see you tomorrow. It's Tuesday tomorrow. Monday's hangover. Love you. God bless you. Talk to you then. Bye.